Our text today can be taken from Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, 9 through 14. That's Deuteronomy, 31st chapter, 9 through 14. When you get it, just say amen. And it reads, And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests, the Levites, which bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and to the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God, in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy strangers that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and that they may fear the Lord your God. And observe to do all the words of this law, and that the children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land, whither you go over Jordan to possess it. The title of today's message for this lay Sunday service is, Can You Handle the Truth? Let's pray. All wise Heavenly Father, I come right now thanking you for this day and allowing us to rise to see it. Let your word today not be just another speech we hear and we go about our business as usual. But Father, let, allow us to share today and cause your people to seek the truth and not just what we have been spoon-fed to believe. Let your word penetrate deep to disturb our comfortability that will cause us to do something. We need you right now. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Can you handle the truth. There was a movie out in the early 90s starring Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholas called A Few Good Men. Tom Cruise is a military lawyer defending two U.S. Marine soldiers who are on trial for killing a fellow Marine. But the two Marines on trial say they were just carrying out a code red or an order issued by the colonel who is played by Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas's favorite quote in the movie is, you can't handle the truth. As funny or entertaining as this line in the movie may be, it is a very true statement. Can you handle the truth? Everyone says they want truth, but most of us are blind to the truth and wouldn't know truth if it hit us in the face. Many young adults are leaving the traditional church where they have their own church service and praying, but there's nothing wrong with that, but they are coming up with their own interpretation of scripture, which is very dangerous. They don't have, and, the, and then you have their college age students who don't read and study scripture with the seasoned saints, so YouTube becomes their truth center, where everything a person on YouTube is speaking truth. The conscious community, the Hebrew Israelites, the Moors, the five percenters are all touting their version of truth. Wait, we never fact check to see if these people are even telling the truth. We get mesmerized or bedazzled by how a person sounds or speaks. Someone said that they would rather have the pain of truth than the luxury of a lie. You see, truth really does hurt. 
Truth is a loaded gun in the hands of a baby, and we are that baby. So we must handle it with care. So the $50 million question of the day is, what is truth? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> According to Webster's 1828 dictionary, truth is a noun, and it has 13 different entries. One, conformity to fact or reality, exact accordance with that which is or shall be. My mouth shall speak truth, Proverbs 8 and 7. Sanctify thy word with truth, John 17, 17. Two, true state of facts or things. The duty of the court of justice is to discover the truth. Witnesses are sworn to declare the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Three, conformity of word of, to thought, which is called moral truth. Four, veracity, purity from falsehood. Five, correct opinion. Six, Fidelity, constancy, seven, honesty, virtue, eight, exactness, conformity to rule, nine, real fact of just principle, real state of things, ten, sincerity, God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, eleven, the truth of God is the veracity and faithfulness, twelve, Jesus is called truth. Uh, 13, it is sometimes used by way of concession. So with all these different uh, entries for truth, it brings me to my first point. If we are going to handle the truth, we must have a personal commitment to know the truth. In our text, Moses is about to die, and he is giving instructions to Joshua, who is about to take over as the leader of the Israelites. They have come out of Egypt and out of 40 years of wandering in the wilderness to now they are about to enter the promised land. They had already received the commandments of God, so they knew what they were to, what they were to do to get life or death. In verse 9, Moses gives instructions to the priests and the elders of Israel, and they were in turn to teach the people that every seven years at the appointed time of the year of release, at the Feast of Tabernacles, they were to read the law out loud to everyone could hear. Every seven years, they were to, re to release a fellow Israelite from any debt that was owed, but it didn't apply to any other nations or people, only Israel. So during this time, they were not only to cancel debts, they were to have a feast seven days starting on the 15th day of the seventh month, which many of the modern Jews of today are celebrating today. They were also to dwell in tents to remind them when they were, to, when they were brought out of Egypt. So the B portion of 12 says that they may hear. <coughs> to hear in this voice, verse means to understand, to listen, obey, be attentive. They were to hear and understand their history, and the children who did not know would hear it from their elders so they could know about what the Most High God did for their nation. They were to know that where they came from and who they are was a na as a nation. They were to look at themselves as, as a nation because they had their own land, their own language, their own laws, culture, and customs. They were to know that no other nation were given this privilege except them, the nation of Israel. 
No other nation could say that, they had, that these blessings and curses were upon them because they disobeyed the I am that I am. It didn't apply to the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Persians, the Edomites, or any other nation of people except Israelites. It didn't even apply to Christians. I know we want to put Christians in this story, but it didn't apply. We can't infer something that is not there. That's called, and I quote Reverend Ralford, Isogesis. <laughs> it's dealing only with Israel. Sorry, y'all. God deals with Israel as a nation of people. So that's why it was the duty of the Levites and the elders to know the truth because if they sin, Israel, the people would follow and all Israel would go into captivity. So what about us? Are we a nation of people? Do we have our own history? Do we have our own land? Do we have our own laws and language? Do we know that we are living under colonial rule? Do we know that you are under a foreign government or nation? The United States is not a nation. I repeat, the United States is not a nation. I know we have been taught that the United States is a nation, but Title 28 of the United States Code, Section 3002, Paragraph 15 says that the United States is a federal corporation. So the United States is just like any other corporation, and the president you think you vote for is the CEO. And the, the Electoral College votes the president in, not us. If you don't believe me, ask Al Gore in the 2000 election. We can't say the nation of black folk because black is an adjective used to describe. I don't know a nation that is, has a language called black. And there, I don't know any other nation that's represented by the United Nations by the color of their skin. And there's no nation of people called African American. These are two continents. So the question we make, should ask is, who are we as a nation? If we understood the power we really have and viewed ourselves as a nation, we could shut down all of America. If we decided not to work or buy anything on a particular day, this whole system would crumble. This is what is feared by this so-called government corporation. This is why think tanks are set up against you finding out the truth. COINTELPRO, which stands for Counterintelligent Program, set up under the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover's administration. This program was designed, and I quote, to keep the Negro fighting amongst themselves and never let a Messiah rise among them, end quote. This is why Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Megger Evers were killed. Their purpose was to, and I quote, expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, and otherwise neutralize the activity of black nationalists hate-type organizations, spokesmen, membership, and supporters." End quote. We have been so confused about who we are, we have allowed others to tell us who we are. Amen. One minute we're black, then colored, Afro-American, Negro, Muslims, Hebrew Israelites, Arabs, Moors, Christians, and now we're Africans. Isn't it funny that we are the only people who do not view ourselves as a nation? But we are. For the most part, Chinese live among Chinese, 
Arabs with Arabs, Hindus with Hindus, English with English, Spanish with Spanish, and they all have their own land. And we, for the most part, live among ourselves. We just don't know who we are as a nation. We can't change what was ordained in the beginning in Genesis 10, which says, God separated the nations according to their language, land, and families. So we must find and know the truth as it relates to our history. My second point is, if we're going to handle the truth, we must have a personal commitment to live the truth. In verse 12, it says, Gather the people, men together, men and women and children, and thy strangers that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law. The part I'm lifting up is observe to do all the words of this law. The word do is a verb. That means to keep, to put in order, to bring about, to execute. As in the Nike slogan says, just do it. So this law that Moses wrote down and gave to the Levites and elders was to become their way of life, their lifestyle. You will know the nation of Israel by the way they live. This would be their mark, their sign, because of the rituals and observations of feasts, holy days, Sabbaths, and new moons, etc. So when the younger generation who never experienced Egyptian bondage would see their elders doing the law, they in turn would do it too. Moses was challenging the people to commit and put in order and execute the law. Moses was 120 years old. He had walked with the Most High God a long time. Though he can't go with them into the Promised Land, he encourages those that would. The Israelites had lived with the Egyptians for many years before they went into bondage. And in the book of Jasher, which is a Hebrew book of the Bible mentioned in the Bible, and it says that they were in bondage 210 years. So that's a long time to have picked up some bad habits from the Egyptians. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. The Egyptians thought Moses was an Egyptian. So it wasn't surprising that when Israel came out of Egypt, they built a golden calf. That is why the first three commandments of the Ten Commandments was about God being their only God. Because the Egyptians had many gods. Israel was to do this so this would become their lifestyle. This is, and then this is how good the Most High God is. In verse 16, he tells Moses that after he dies, they were going to go a whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, and they were going to break his covenant. Even before they go into the promised land, God knew they were going to forsake him, but he still blesses them with the land anyway. They would take on the lifestyles of people who they lived among. They started to act like them, eat like them, dress like them, and even marrying them, just as they did with the Egyptians. They were to do the law according to how the Most High said. But what about us? Have we taken on the customs, the lifestyles, the habits of other nations of people and think just because we slapped Jesus on it, he's going to bless us? This covenant Israel was under was a conditional and a national covenant. Again, we can't look at ourselves as individuals, but as a nation of people. 50 plus years ago, Martin Luther King said his dream had turned into a nightmare on May 8, 1967, because he saw the injustices of the in the U.S. government. And a month later, he was killed. 
If King were to be transported to now, he would see that the nightmare is a reality for the Negro. We have eaten with our enemy, we have taken on the customs of our enemy, and we work for the enemy, but we are economically, spiritually, and physically worse off than we were 50 years ago. All right, all right. Why is that? Right. I think that's because we can go and eat and work and live that we have fought, lost focus of who our enemy is. This is why Donald Trump is a good candidate, and he is good for us. Turn to your neighbor and say, Donald Trump is good for us. <laughs> Why is he good? Because he exposed the wolves in sheep clothing. He exposed them. Look at our children. They have no respect for the elderly. We have gotten so dependent on government handouts that we don't want to do it for ourselves. Fifty years ago, there was no other race of people in our neighborhood doing much business. Now every other nation of people except us are getting rich off of us. Reverend, Jasper, Reverend Dr. Jasper Williams said it best. He said, and I quote, No government handout is going to turn our race around. It must come from within, from, from without. It must come from within. We are the only ones that can turn our race around, Amen. end quote. Right. But do we believe it? We do, we, we do have the resources, but do we love ourselves enough and the future generation enough to do it? Our people were farmers who planted the crops according to the moon and knew what to plant at what time of the season <laughs> and knew what, what was best to grow in certain areas. Our people were engineers who built houses better than they do today. We were cooks that could turn weeds into a dish called poke salad and knew if the berries grew on it, it was poison and you knew not to eat it. Amen. Our people were doctors who could take certain roots and herbs and mix them together and would cure, I said cure, whatever ailment you had. And the funny thing is they never went to no school to do any of it. We didn't just do one thing. The Lord blessed us with many talents. So we must go back to doing what the Lord says and commanded us to do. My third and final point is if we are going to handle the truth, we must have a personal commitment to teach the truth. Verse 13 says, and that the children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land whither you go over Jordan to possess it. The Levites and the elders were to teach the future generation who knew nothing about or ever experienced the bondage of the Egyptians. They didn't experience the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. They did not see the miracles the Most High did to all the nations that opposed Israel. The future generation did not know what it was like to be thirsty and God bringing water from a rock. They would have all the water they needed in the promised land. They never saw the sea part or walking on dry land. They didn't see a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They were taught to observe, to remember what God had done for their nation. So those who were not yet born could grow up learning to fear and respect the great I am that I am. What are we teaching the future generation? What are we preparing them for? What are we passing down to them that would benefit their future? I am Miss Gladden, about to be 50 years old. <laughs> and I have no experience of the struggles of the civil rights movements of the 50s and 60s. I never experienced fire holes or dogs being sicked on me. I never had to use segregated restrooms or bathrooms or hotels. 
I never had a hang, I never seen a hanging or a cross being burned on my lawn. I never picked cotton and I've never seen cotton being grown in the field. I never worked up the sun up and sundown without pay. But I grew up hearing the stories of others who did experience these cruelties, the saints of the church, men and women telling us how it was when they were growing up and the struggles they overcame and how God brought them through. But now, another generation has grown up who has all the luxuries of life, their own room, their own TV, computer, PlayStation, cell phones, and some even have their own cars and they can't even drive. We have given them everything you can imagine but the one thing they need. This generation ain't coming to church and grandpa and grandma live in a different state, so no connection to the elder generation that could teach. They have no knowledge of the struggles of the previous generation. The only knowledge they get is from the school system that only tells them that Martin Luther King had a dream. They don't go to church and they ain't coming to your church. I, they don't believe in your God. And why do I have to go to church? I can watch it on TV. And I don't have to pay the preacher no money. And besides, the Jabaris, the Higgins, the Umar Johnsons, the Brother Polites of the conscious community are their teachers who say there is no God. They are not listening to you because you won't tell them the truth. And the truth is, they can handle it. Notice in the text that Israel was to teach it and not the Egyptians who had them in bondage. See, our problem is we become, we become so lazy that we have allowed the stranger who has lived among us to teach and tell our story. The Egyptians have built schools with their curriculum about your history. The Egyptians have written your history and they teach your children lies about your history. And you get PhDs in the Egyptians' history about you. The slave master will never tell the slave that the cotton you picking, the land that you are working, is actually your land. Because the slave master is benefiting from the slave's ignorance. Zion, if we are going to get out of the mess that we are in, we have to sit our children down and start teaching and telling the truth. Our people knew who they were, but you have the TV and the school system teaching lies, then the lie now has become the truth. Giovanni de Veranzano, an Italian explorer, said about the Carolina Indians in 1523, they were dark in color, not unlike the Egyptians. Carlos Cuervo Marquez, a Spanish ethnographer, botanist, and historian says in his book, and I quote, America was a Negro continent. Lewis and Clark called the Washita Indians, quote, black bushy heads. Professor C.S. Reskinis in his book, The Primitive Black Nations of America, quote, the American Negro of the Great Plains were black with woolly hair. And if you don't believe me, or excuse me, if you don't believe them, look on the walls of Mexico at the true depiction of the Mayans called Bonapac. And, if, and then also compare the Virginia tobacco Indians of the 1800s to the slave posters and you will come to the conclusion that many of the so-called black people were already here. This is why I can't get with the 1619 Project because we were already here on this continent. When I was growing up, if a person called you black, you was ready to fight. It was an insult to be called black. But with James Brown singing, I'm black and I'm proud, but my Bible tells me that uh, pride goes before fall. 
and we have fallen and we sure enough need to get back up. And then movies like Roots by Alex Haley, it became more acceptable. But how many of us in here know that Roots was a made up story? It wasn't real, it was false. But it has been betrayed as being true. And the funny thing is, he had plagiarized it from a white man by the name of Harold Corlander. And his book is called The African. So there was no Kunta Kinte, no Chicken George, and no Kizzy. It was made up. And understand something, there are laws written on the books that are not for Negro, black, or colored. These words are called social constructs which is an idea that has been created and accepted by people in a society. And these words have legal ramifications. Have you ever wondered why civil rights never come into play when the cops and other nations of people gun down an innocent brown-skinned man or woman with no consequences? The reason is that these labels have no standing at law. It is outside the human family. And what is even worse, now we are calling ourselves immigrants. Remember what Ben Carson said? He said something, but we got angry and said he was crazy. No, he wasn't crazy. When you label yourselves without knowing what these labels mean legally, you have now placed yourself in a position that may be detrimental. So be careful when checking boxes on governmental forms because it may get you deported to a country you have no roots in. The 2020 census is coming up and the category for us is just African-American. You better know what an African-American means historically and legally before you check that box. Martin Luther King was right when he said, we are exiled in our own land. Why do we believe other people and not our own? Our grandparents told us who we are, but we chose to believe a lie. We must start telling the truth or our children will continue to be gunned down and murdered in the streets with no recourse. But there is one true, constant. He will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and will be the same tomorrow. And, he, and we must know him, we must live in us, and he must live in you. And we must teach it to our children, to other nations of people, and all who will listen. And that constant and truth is Yeshua the Messiah. Some call him Jesus, wonderful counselor, a friend, a prince of peace, a very present help in the time of trouble, a doctor in a sick room, a lawyer in a courtroom. Call him when you need him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through him. We must come to him just as we are, and he will teach us all truth. So the first order of business is, if we, we must have a personal commitment to know the yes. truth. Yes. A personal commitment to live the truth. And lastly, a personal commitment to put away falsehoods and teach the truth. And the truth will set us free. Amen.